You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Here it is. One, two, three. Open your Bibles or in 2018, turn in your phones to Psalm 23. All right. Psalm 23. And we're going to look at the scriptures this morning. And I tell you, this has been um, one of the most enjoyable sermon series ever for me to study for. I have uh, deeply enjoyed the time that I've had with God in this chapter. It has been life-changing for me already, um, and it will continue to be, I'm sure. And so we're in the second of four sermons in this chapter. Um, Last week I had some folks comment, wow, how did we get so much out of one verse? And of course, you know, God is the one providing that that information. It's all him, and and he has a lot to say about being our shepherd. We found that out last week. That's the primary way that God communicates with us is through being our shepherd. In fact, Scripture says, the Lord, verse 1, last week, is my shepherd, four words, I shall not want. That's a total of eight words, and we poured into that, and we discovered just how great a shepherd he is. Today, we're going to look at verse 2 and the first part of verse 3. In fact, it's in your worship guide. I have it on the front there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's almost as if God is saying, look, I'm your shepherd and you will not want. And then he says, now let me give you the proof of that. The proof of the fact that you shall not want is because I'm going to make you to lie down in green pastures. I'm going to lead you beside still waters and I'm going to restore your soul. Now, I would suggest to you that this statement, he restores my soul, is a statement of conclusion. And while I'm developing that quick thought, if you need a worship guide, you can raise your hand, all right? And the ushers will get to you in the balcony or on the main floor, all right? I see one of the, we got to get somebody in the balcony doing that? There he is, good. All right, thank you. All right, so let's, let's look at this. Here, here it is. It's a statement of conclusion. Look at this. He said, he makes me lie down. He leads me beside the still waters in the way that I should go. So, here it is, so my soul can be restored. He does these things so I can have, and this is the key phrase this morning, you'll you'll see it as it develops, so that I can experience soul restoration. We need our souls restored. Some translations put it like this, he strengthens my life. He restores my soul. He strengthens my life. It's kind of like this. Has anybody ever uh, has anybody ever driven their car to where it says zero miles till empty? Can you raise your hand if you're... I, my hand's up. I've done it. Thank you. Okay. I've, I'm guilty of that. In fact, not long ago, I did that. It's, one of, it's a scary thing. You're kind of hoping that it's like sort of honest, but like it, it, it gives you some grace. Amen? It, you know, like hopefully it's zero, but... That just means that it gives you a warning, you know. Please give me 10 more miles, 20 more miles. And then you pull up to that gas station, right? It's amazing. You're never so happy to get there. You're like, oh. I mean, normally it's just like I'm here. But like this time it's like, oh. And then you put your card in and your code and and you just put it in. Man, it takes a while. You're watching that that go up and you're like, I didn't know it could hold that much. Well, that's incredible. This is how, now I know how, how empty my, my tank was, how many gallons it will hold. And, and, and man, you get back in your car, it's like 383 miles till empty. I feel good again. That's what it's talking about. Or it's like maybe ladies cleaning your refrigerator. You know, the things that still say 2014, you know. <laughs> and, and you haven't checked it out in a while. And it's like, you know, Way gone. The jelly is sour. Okay, it's no good anymore. And and so we take the time to clean our fridge up. We're like, I can't believe how much stuff I had in there that was just no good. And and, and so we clean it out. We put some baking soda, maybe. You know how it is. And, and you get it all perfect. And you're like, wow, this is, this is, 
This is refreshing. It's restoring. It's the concept of restoring. It has the idea that God will keep us going, that he gives us our enjoyment back in life, that, that he, he, he refills our tank with vitality and enthusiasm for living. That's what it's talking about. Now, this word soul is very important in the Bible. It's incredibly important. It's mentioned in the Old Testament in the Hebrew 755 times. It's the word nephesh. That's the, that'd be the Hebrew word for soul, nephesh. And it means soul or mind or heart or life. In other words, there's more to me than just the physical. When you look at me, you see my body. You see the physical Eric Pacey. You know, and, and every one of us this morning can get a hold of our, maybe we can kind of grab a hold of our leg and say, yep, that's me. I'm, I'm here. I've, I've got a leg or an arm or, you know, I'm, 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 I'm physical, but there's a spiritual part of me. There's a spiritual part of Erica Pacey. There is a eternal part of me, and that is called the soul. The, the body won't last forever. The soul will last forever. It's the part of me that can get so depleted that it desperately needs to be restored. Modern life has given us thousands of things that can block and resist and hinder the restoration of our souls. It's just the day and age we live in. It's crazy. But the longer I live, the more, especially technology, social media, texting, emails, it's like craziness. And it keeps, the, people keep finding more apps and more ways to communicate, to bother us, to ultimately deplete us because we just can't keep up with it all. Let me give you five things that deplete our soul. Number one, people can deplete our soul. Good people, fun people, godly people. I mean, something good, someone good that ultimately can become somewhat of a hindrance to our soul's productivity because too many meetings, too many sales calls, too many emails, too many text messages, too many phone messages to return. Too much public, not enough private. People deplete our souls. Let me give you a second one. Draining people really deplete our souls. And I know this, <clears throat> I don't mean this to be humorous because I, 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 I know there's lots of studies that, that have been done on this. There's actually books that have been written about how important it is for us to make sure that, that, that we're not spending too much time with someone who has maybe poor social skills or can turn a five-minute conversation into an hour conversation, can talk on the phone forever, can drain you just to where you're like, man, I just, this can be negative maybe to the point of just sheer despair. I mean, these are people who have a demanding nature and they just drain us. And then busyness depletes our soul. We just get so busy. There was a poll taken back in 1973, and the reason I'm going back to 73 is because, get this, church, in 1973, that was the last year we can go back in American history and discover a 40-hour work week for the average American. Literally. We're going back now almost 50 years before you can find the figure 40 hours is the average work week. You go about 30 years later, not even 2018, about 2003, and now the average work week in 2003, I believe it was 50.2 hours plus 10. And where are those, where do those plus 10 weeks take away from? Soul restoration. Things that, that were, things that are now depleting us because we've got more busyness in our lives. In 1973, America averaged 26.3 leisure hours. 30 years later, 19.8, seven less hours to just have leisure. Now, let me give you full disclosure this morning. I am not good at saying no. I never have been. I'm just not good at it. It's, it's a struggle with me. It's a problem. It's something I'm getting better at. It's something I, I, get, I get better at. Then I get right back into my old habits are hard to kick. I'll go right back into it. And then I'll get a little better and then I'll get right. I mean, it's a struggle. It always has been a struggle. I have a hard time saying no. I, I think I've referred to the fact that years ago, uh, I had a, a real struggle with it to the point where I had to, to get some counseling and get some help to, to almost get rescued from my busyness. We get busy. 
running from one thing to the other. And it depletes our souls. And then problems deplete our souls. You know, things just aren't going very well right now. And problems like health concerns or problems like financial shortfalls or what about this conflict with others or maybe irritation and just little things. We're just irritated about little things. We've got a short fuse. Our souls are depleted. Coveting depletes our souls. I need a better job. I need a marriage partner. And then we get one. You know, I need children. And then God gives us a girl. I need a boy. I want, I want this. I just want that. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. A promotion. I want a raise. Wanting things depletes our soul's strength. Now, enough of depletion. Let's talk about restoration. Let me give you five things that restore our souls. And I'm going to start with something very simple. Sleep restores our souls. And not sleeping in church. Just for those of you that were looking for a nice place to kind of lay out. You know, man, finally, the guy finally gives in. I'm so tired. This is a sleep quality poll that was recently taken. Get these figures. 62% of people in America experience sleep problems. That's a a large figure. Six, almost seven out of ten experience some sort of sleep problem. 56% of everyone in America experiences symptoms of insomnia. 38% wake up unrefreshed. They sleep, but they're not refreshed when they wake up. 23% find it difficult to even fall asleep. And only 35% of adults, only 35% sleep the recommended eight hours a night. You need to get your sleep. When you have enough sleep, you can begin to experience what rest is. But only until you get enough sleep. And that brings us to the second thing that restores our soul, and that is rest. Rest restores our souls. What is rest? Rest is when you have nothing to do and nowhere to go. You're not resting when you sleep. You know, people say, how many of you have ever done this? You said, I'm going to sit down and rest and you fall asleep. (laughs) You ever done that? You're not resting. That means you haven't had enough sleep. You see, you can't rest until you've had enough sleep. Resting is something different. Rest is when you you, you can honestly say, listen, I don't don't have anywhere to go. I I mean, there's been a few times here lately where I told Carolyn, in fact, last Saturday, not this Saturday, this Saturday was crazy, but last Saturday I said, honey, it's crazy, but I'm likely to be home by 11. I had a wedding last Saturday morning. I had a few things at a nursing home service. And then at 11, I was like, Uh, honey, yes, I'm coming home. Really? Yeah. Uh, and I'm staying home. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't have anywhere to go and nothing to do and no text. No, I mean, nothing. Nobody's, it's incredible. And I was literally home last week. I did the, I worked in the yard for four hours. I mean, it was insane. I had a, I had a fun time doing it. Rocks just piercing my face. I'm like, bring it on. Coming out of the you know, mower. It's unbelievable. I'm weed eating, you know. I mean, everybody's just admiring me. I'm the greatest husband on planet earth. I'm like, I love this, you know. Nothing to do but weed eat. This is great. Rest is important, but sleep is required before rest. Number three, reflection restores the soul. But if you try to reflect when you're low on sleep and you have no rest, you're going to get into a negative pattern of thinking. And I talk to people like this all the time. It's so destructive. They're negative, they're angry, they're frustrated, and they act like it. And they begin to be someone who is hostile and, and, and negative. And, and you know what I want to say to that person? Go to sleep! You need some sleep, man. You, 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 you can't live like this. This is not healthy for this environment. It's not healthy for our home, or it's not healthy for our church, or for our school, or our college, man. You need, you need a half a day off. Just go rest. Go to sleep so you can reflect. Reflection is our time with God. It's stopping to look in four directions. We talked about this about two weeks ago. One of the things about, or maybe it was a little, little over that, four or five weeks ago, when we talked about Sundays and the importance of Sabbath and Sabbath rest. And we said that Sundays is a great day to, to reflect and just to stop and, and look back over your week and say, 
have I taken care of my wife this week? Have I been, have I, have I had time with her? Have I been able to spend 15 minutes of quality conversation every day this week? Have I spent time with the kids? Have I been too busy? Have my priorities been right? Reflection is looking back. Reflection is looking up. It's looking up and saying, God, am I right with you? Is there any unconfessed sin in my life? Is there anything that I need to, to change? Is, do I need to hear your voice where I've been tuning you out? Reflection is an opportunity to look around. Look around and say, where am I at in life? And how am I doing right now in, in my, in my, with my family or maybe at work? Or who is around me? Who am I surrounding myself with? It, reflection is a time to look ahead. And am I, am I, Do I have goals? Am I moving in the right direction? Am I going in the right path? Number four, diversion restores the soul. I like to use this word diversion. I've been using it a lot lately. A diversion is something different than my burdens and responsibilities. That's what a diversion is. It's something different than the grind, than the norm, than just what I do every day, day after day, wake up, go to work, do this, keep the schedule, return the text, get the email. I need a diversion. And so I'm going to give you the most popular leisure activities. That's what a, a leisure activity is, a diversion from the grind. Something different. Here's the number one most popular leisure activity, four years running in a recent poll, reading. Reading. Something that a lot of people never have time to do. Too busy to stop and read a good book and pour into their selves. That, that's a great thing. Here's the second one. Again, this is the... The second of the, in the poll, not, this isn't my list, watching television. Which again, I mean, hey, every now and then, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If you, if you think watching the Razorback game last night was a leisure, no way. That, that's called bitterness, hatred. Get right with God, get to the altar. That was horrible. But watching television at times can, can, be, can just be relaxing, a diversion from, from the norm. And then spending time with family. That would have been at the top of my list. Spending time with the wife and kids, or just the kids, or just a friend. And then, number four, in the list, gardening. Boy, for me, that's picking weeds, okay? <laughs> but gardening is one. What about this? Number five, fishing. Fishing is a, a diversion, or walking. That's a really good one. Just taking a walk, and maybe around the block, or at the, at the track, or just getting away through a park, just taking a walk, and then going to movies. Man, I sure am glad we get to go to movies now. Some of you old-timers know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I'm a PG-13 and under, but praise God. No, I enjoy it. I love it. It's a good diversion for me. A diversion. It's healthy. It restores my soul. Number five, ministry restores the soul. When there are things that you have in place like sleep and rest and reflection and diversion, guess what? You're ready for ministry. But not until then. You see, the reason why so many people burn out in ministry, they burn out is because they don't take time to sleep and rest and reflect and divert. And so they, they, they jump in ministry without those things and they burn out. And I've seen it in my profession Hundreds and thousands of my friends and co-workers and, and, pay, and pay people that I respected, gone, burned out, no, not, not in the ministry, doing other things, burned, crashed. It's terrible. Why? Because they tried to do ministry without these other things. Listen, we're asking our church family right now to give an hour of your time. Be a part of the ministry. Join one of our teams, 10 deacons, 10 teams, 10 ways to serve. It's amazing. It's easy to serve at Gospel Light. It's easy to get involved. But make sure you get your sleep. Make sure you have rest. Make sure you have time to reflect. Make sure you have a diversion. And then make sure you have ministry. Now there's two things as we move on here in the passage. Two things that God does to restore our souls. And I'm going to break it down, if you don't mind, just for a moment. First of all, the first thing he does to restore our souls is what I'm going to call the crisis. The crisis. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, there's a statement here that, that he makes. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We're going to call that the crisis. Let me explain. Let me break it down. Let's start with the green pastures. The green pastures here speak of the tender grass. This is where the sheep would go. The shepherd would lead the sheep. Not to the brown grass, not to the burnt grass, but to the tender grass. The lush 
This is where they would eat. This, is, this was the best of the best. I mean, if you were a sheep, this is where you want to go. It's like if you like a chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A. It's like if you like Mexican, it's La Hacienda for me. It's taking a chip and putting that green dip, and it's like, it's like green pastures. Oh, I mean, I can taste it right now. It's just that if you like Mexican food, you got to go here. You got that place? If you like a hamburger, let me tell you something. It's like slow motion. It's like, I mean, the grease looks like protein. I mean, it just looks cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I love In-N-Out. We don't have one here. There's one on the way to Dallas. I love to go to In-N-Out. And when I go, I eat that burger different than I eat any other bur- burger. It's like green pastures to me. And he says that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It's just the place you want to be. Now, I'm not a spooky guy. And if you've known me for any long, or even, a, even a short time, you know that Brother X is not into spooky stuff. I'm, I'm really not. I just... I, 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 I don't try to be different just to be different. I, I realize, you know, especially in a corporate setting, um, I'm sensitive to the needs of our people and age groups and everything. But I do want to do something that I've not done in a long time. And I want to try this. And I'm going to ask everybody, it's just about three-minute little exercise here just to participate. I'm going to ask uh, Nathan, if you would, to turn down the lights. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going I'm to illustrate green pastures. Just give me a chance. I want you to close your eyes if you would. Bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine a place. A place. You're coming up on that place. And you see a, 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 like a gate. And the gate has these beautiful vines growing over it. And you're tempted to walk up to that gate and you do. And you open the gate and you look inside. And it's like, wow. Beautiful flowers. Beautiful trees. And you notice there's a bench. You're all by yourself. And so you sit down on that bench. And you've got three things going for you right now at this moment. Number one, you're alone. You're all by yourself. Number two, you have time. You're not trapped in between appointments. And number three, it's quiet. No TV. No cell phones. No voices yelling your name, except, except the Lord. He wants you to unburden your heart to him. And as you come up to this place, I, I want you to know it. There's a song that's written about this place. The words to that song written a hundred years ago. I come to the garden alone. While the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear. It's the Son of God. It's Jesus. And he's saying something. He walks with me he talks with me and he says Eric you're mine I love you he tells me I'm his own and the joy that we share as we hang out there man I'm going to be honest with you another has ever known. I want you to look up for me now and we can raise the lights. That's green pastures. That, that's how many of you need, how many of you could use some of that? Anybody? Could you use some? So, so, so when he talks about green pastures, He's talking about a place, a lush place, a quiet place, a beautiful place, a place where God meets us and restores us. Next, he says, lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Let's look at that phrase, lie down. Notice we're not 
He makes me to run in green pastures. Doesn't say run. It doesn't say he makes me to pace back and forth in green pastures. That's me. I'm a pacer. When I talk on the phone, you can ask my kids. It's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm sure we can get that done. Listen, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. If I'm talking to you, this is what I'm doing. That's just me. That's why I, I, that's why I get 20,000 steps a day. I can't, if I, I can't sit behind my desk and just talk. I have to, I have to move. I'm a pacer. I, this is my energy level. This, this isn't green pastures, folks. It's not pacing. Hey, it's not standing. He makes me to stand in green pastures. He makes me to sit in green pastures. Doesn't say any of that. It says he makes me to lie down. There's significance in that because lying down is a place of total dependence upon God. In fact, the statement we would use is prostrate before God. It's often found in Scripture. You'll find often the Bible says that we should fall down in our worship to him. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to physically do it out, outwardly, although we can. And, and every Sunday morning, like before I came down from my office, I have, and for the past 26 years I've done this, I have a, a moment where I fall on, I, I, I actually, I, I say fall, I, I do fall down, but I do it in a way that I wouldn't get hurt. But I do, I do kneel and then go to my face and I'm, I'm just laid out before God. And I pray about five minutes to surrender myself. I don't want to be, do this alone. This is a big responsibility. I don't take it lightly. I don't want to, I, I don't want to babble. I, I don't want to be boring, God. I need your help. And this is, this is my way of depending upon God every Sunday morning. And, and so he says here, he wants us to lie down to find a place by yourself in total humility before God. Next, he makes me. He makes me lie down. What does that mean? He makes me. Interesting. I read a commentary that I honestly don't agree with. The gentleman began to talk about, you know, this is when you find green pastures and, and you've got the time to just, you know, make a good decision and you can just have the time to lie down. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he helps us. It doesn't say he suggests that we do. It doesn't say that we do it if we feel like it. It says he makes us. This is a crisis. God sometimes makes us lie down in green pastures. They're not so green to us, but they're green to him because he knows that in this place of crisis, we're going to find help. I mentioned a few years ago my schedule, and I got to examining just some of the chaotic things that are happening today in people's lives that are in their 50s, where I'm at. And I've been blown away by it, and I'm trying to figure it out. How does someone's life explode at 50 to 60 years of age? Divorce, burnout, um, you know, suicide, uh, anger, sickness, stress. Why does it happen? I got to thinking, you know, when I was in my 20s, uh, in ministry, I remember, man, I could do it all. I mean, I was in my 20s. It's, it's just cool to say this. Look, when you, when you asked me how old I was in my 20s, I said it so quick, 24. And everybody would say, wow, 20, man, you're young. Wow. Yeah, I'm young, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, best days of my life. You're 24, man, I could do it all. Good shape, energy. I'm in my 20s. Even 29 sounds good. And then the 30s come. And it's just not the 20s. It's just not. I'm 35 now, 36, 37, maybe 39. And man, I feel, you know, I, 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 here's, the, here's the problem I've got is I don't want you to think that I can't do what I could do in my 20s, so I fake it. I mean, I'm having a hard time with it. I'm definitely not as productive. It's a little tougher. I, I, I don't have everything I had in my 20s. It's a little different era in my life. I've got a wife now that I've been married to for a few years. I've got several kids now. And man, it's just a little busier, but I'm still trying to show you, man, I, I, I still got it. And so on the outside, oh, my inner man's screwed up. I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm not where I need to be with my family. Inside, I know the truth, but I can't let you know it because I'm, I'm great. And then the 40s come. Whew. Man, now, you know, now ask me how old I am. 44. Ooh, get up there. I mean, you didn't say that when I was 24. Yeah, you know, you're right. I'm getting up there. 
Now I'm, I'm, I'm 44. We're not 49. I mean, I'm almost 50. And man, I look at my, my, my life and I realize, man, I, I'm still trying to, to do this and do that and, and, and press and, and, and get it all done. And, but I don't realize I am depleted. So now here's what happens. And we're seeing this now happen nearly to 60% of people that, that now in America over there, over this period of time, 30s, 40s, and 50s, divorce, suicide, crazy maniac things are happening to people. And you look, they've been in church all their life. They're depleted. Their souls are depleted. They don't have any, I mean, they come to church every week. They do. They, 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 they seem impressive. The kids are falling apart. The families are falling apart. The finances are falling apart. The marriage is falling apart. Everything's falling apart. Their souls are depleted because they've come to a place. So what do you do now? You throw in the towel? No. You start picking up pieces. Don't give up. If you're in your 20s, you know what I'd be doing right now? I'd be like, sure, I'm glad I'm hearing this now. If I'm Tiffany and I'm Darian, I'm listening big time. I'm taking notes and I'm saying, about to get married. We better listen to this. We don't want our souls to get depleted. We don't, hey, praise God. I heard some things in my 20s. I was glad I heard too. But I'm 53 now. And I look back over some carnage and some mistakes and I got to make some decisions. Am I going to give up? I'm going to start making some decisions and it's going to take time because I want to be a good grandpa and I want to be the best dad and best pastor I can be with what time I have left. I got to figure out a way to get my soul restored. You desperately need this message. You cannot neglect your inner world forever without a major collapse coming. You can't do it. A major collapse, an earthquake collapse. A, a, a life-altering collapse. You got to get your inner world fixed. And let me say this. God is more than capable of making you lie down. God can do that. As I said earlier, maybe your green pastures are, are green from God's perspective because God knows the good it will produce. So maybe your green pastures are a hospital bed. Maybe your green pastures are a penetrating loneliness. Maybe your green pastures are a painful relationship with a child or a painful relationship with a spouse. Maybe your green pastures are a persistent financial need. And God has made you lie down in green pastures. Another scholar put it like this. The shepherd had a problem because he had a sheep that kept getting away kept running away. So he'd go out and get that sheep and bring it back. You stay here, sheep. He'd wake up the next day, that sheep's gone again. Oh, man, rebel sheep. He'd get it, prodigals. He'd bring it back. You stay here. You got it? He'd do that over and over again until finally one day he said, I'll fix this. And the shepherd would break the sheep's leg. It was painful. It was hard for the shepherd to do. But he knew it was the only way that he could help that sheep. And so I'm saying, when God makes us lie down in green pastures, it's still green pastures. Because God's doing it. This is the crisis. But there's something else here. There's the process. Now the process is found in this part of the verse, where it says, He leads me beside still waters. There's a process. Doesn't it sound like that? He leads me beside. It sounds like something that takes a while. It doesn't say, it doesn't sound like an immediate fix. If you read it and say it, meditate on it, 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 it's a powerful picture of the place where God continually restores our souls. Now, let me illustrate. How many of you have ever been, let's look, we're going to look first of all, we're going to break it down. Let's look first of all at the still waters, okay? He leads me beside still waters. Let's break it down. Still waters. You have to break things down in small verses if you're going to preach 40 minutes, okay? Still waters. Let's break it down. Anybody ever been to the store in the airport or a mall? It's kind of a fancy store. It's kind of expensive things. You might have heard of it. Anybody heard of Brookstone? Anybody? Got a few? A few Brookstone people? Okay, good. Me, I have. I, I, when I have to go into the airport, it's a place I like to hang out. I never buy anything there, but it's cool because everything's kind of different and cool. And like there's a massage chair that I love to sit in until they kick me out. It's pretty cool. And uh, <clears throat> so there is a machine. It's called a noise machine that helps you sleep. Doesn't even sound right, does it? A no, you listen to these noises and they help you sleep. And, and it, that's the sales pitch. 
and they'll let you press buttons to kind of hear the different noises that you can fall asleep to. So I want to illustrate this morning just for a moment. Nathan's going to help me, and you see what you think about this. Let's first of all start with uh, what they described as being waves crashing. All right, here we go. Waves crashing. Help you go to sleep. Good night, honey. Hey, see you in the morning. I don't get it. Thanks, Nate. I have a problem with that. All right, let's go to thunderstorm. I mean, true. Press the thunderstorm. Here we go. All right, here we go. What? In the... All right, let's try this one. Now, this is a brook. Now, you got to realize, brooks are shallow water that that run fast. So here's a brook. A little bit better, but still. I mean, sleep. Sounds like static on a television when cable goes out. Really? All right. It really does sound like static. All right, now here here it is. I got to give them this. I think they nailed. You're dismissed. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Don't leave me. I mean, we have taken the offering, but still, we got a little more time. Still waters. You see, still waters run deep. Shallow waters are noisy and run fast. What's the picture here of still waters? The picture here is that God leads us to a place of depth. And depth takes takes time. Notice next. He leads me. He leads me beside still waters. Let's take that little phrase, he leads me. You know what that means? Very easy. This one, this one anyone could, could figure out just with, by, by just sheer common knowledge. He leads me. This is God saying, hey, Eric. Hey, no. no. This way. Hey, look at me. This way, son. Come here. Let's go. This way. I'm in charge. You follow me. That's what it is. God is leading us in this place of soul restoration. It's, it's, it's me and God. He's leading me to a deep place. He's leading me to some depth in my Christian life. He's leading me to understand him and his ways and his will and his word. This is a cool place. I can never get there. And then it says beside. That word beside, think about it. If you think about beside still waters, it doesn't sound like I'm, I'm like swimming, having fun. I'm not splashing around. It's not like, let's go to the lake today. Jump in the water. And, no, no, this is, this is a, a walk beside. This is not a weekly thing or a monthly thing or a yearly thing. This, my friend, is a daily activity. It's a, it's a, it's a daily thing. It, it has the idea that, that God is going to continually walk with me beside still waters. He's in control. Now, in closing, I know I need my soul restored when? When little things put me over the edge. Really? Really? You're that upset? Over a little traffic? Really? The, the person in front of you, I mean, you, you really laid on your horn for 10 seconds because of that? You treated the waitress like what? You, your coffee wasn't hot, so you told her you're never coming back? Really? See, that... that We've all got those moments where we like overreact. It's like, oh, oh my. That wasn't really big. And I just yelled at my wife. I just yelled at my children. I just cursed. I just used language that wasn't becoming of a Christian over what? Little things. This is when you need your soul restored. This is how you know you need this. Number two, 
I can't get to sleep and I can't get up. I know I need my soul restored when I just, I lay in bed and I'm just thinking about everything and I'm having a hard time going to sleep. I've got some insomnia. I get up. I go take a little medicine. I'm trying to, I take NyQuil. I'm not really sick, but I, this is where people feel like they have to depend on alcohol sometimes in the evening. Let's just be honest. I, I, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's wise, but I have people tell me this. They have to do it. Just can't get to sleep. And I can't get up. I don't want to get up because I've got too much to do tomorrow and I don't think I can get it all done and I feel like I'm going to be a failure. Number three, when I can't find my Bible and I'm not praying about anything specific. Hey, honey, where's your Bible? Uh, oh, I had it last Sunday. I think, oh, I saw it in the trunk. I think it's in the trunk or it's in the car. It's in the dash or it's in the bathroom, I think. Can you find it for me? And then I'm not praying for anything specific. I, I'm not praying for Kitty Pressler every day. I should be, but I'm not because my soul's so depleted. I, I don't even think about people that have, have cancer. I mean, I don't call the prayer line. I don't read the whole email. I don't have anything really on my prayer list that's like consistent and continual because I've just got so much on my plate. Number four, you know your soul's depleted when you know it's wrong, but you have no self-control. The problem is not, I know it's wrong. The problem is, I just can't help it. I just keep doing it. You know, when you study the Gospels, you know what's interesting? You're going to find, and you can't help but to notice, that Jesus Christ himself repeatedly got alone into a solitary place. I challenge you to find the dozens of times in the Gospels that Jesus left people behind. He left people sitting in a field. He left one time people on a seashore that needed to be healed. You say, oh, I can't believe it. He's Jesus. What's he doing? Listen, he was the God man. You can only do so much, folks. There's only so much time in a day. Jesus had to say, sorry, maybe tomorrow I've got to go. He left his own disciples at times, his closest of comrades, his friends. He didn't return their text messages. He didn't get to their emails as quickly as they thought he should. He didn't return the phone call. Why? Because he had to get alone. You don't understand. This is the son of God who never made a mistake, never made a decision he shouldn't have made. And one of his decisions on multiple occasions was to get alone, to leave busyness of people and their demands and get alone this is the son of god so how arrogant is it for you and me to think i don't need to do that oh really well if jesus did you probably need to do it times 10 or i do so we got to put things in perspective here so here is my soul restoration challenge in closing before you come back to this worship service next Sunday, spend three separate times, one hour apiece, alone with the Lord. Now, this is where hearing the Word of God goes to doing the Word of God. See, I think, honestly, we have a lot of hearing in our churches, and it's great because you know what all you can do right now is hear. There's not a whole lot of doing. You just got to sit and listen, right? We're going to get out here in about six, seven minutes and Head, head home, and guess what? For many of you, it's going to be until next week. But for some of you, and for hopefully this morning for all of us, it's going to be, no, 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 I want that. I want, I want that. I want, I want more than your 45-minute message. I want that. I want to do the message. So this is a challenge. Now, now, now wait a minute. Don't get discouraged because some of you are thinking, well, good night. So much in one week, I, I, I don't know that I've ever really spent an hour, and we talked about how that might look in that garden or in that, but, but let's, let's, let, let me give you some practical ways to, to do it. Here's five things to make this happen. Number one, choose a time. Choose a time. Figure it out. For instance, I've already got it written down that tonight before I go to bed, I'm going to look at my wife, Carol Ann, we're going to get our, our calendars out, our, our phone calendars, that's kind of how I do my calendar. And I'm going to say, honey, let's get three hours for you and three hours for me on our phone. We're going to give it a shot. 
Now, for us, it may mean she has to watch, you know, our special needs daughter for that hour while I'm doing, and maybe vice versa, or maybe somebody else can, I don't know what, how it's going to look, but we're going to have to, I mean, just like you, just like us, you've got to figure it out. You're going to have to make it, it's going to have to be intentional. If you just walk out here saying, I'm going to do it, it won't happen. But if you set a time tonight, before next Sunday, three hours, alone with God, separate times, you'll do it, or you'll at least try to do it. Number two, choose a place. Choose a place. Now, you know, here's the thing. You can get creative with this one. It could be a car, a truck. It could, it could be you drive somewhere on top of West Mountain and just, that's a, that's a good place. It, it could be, you know, I was walking through the parking lot here, I think this past week or the week before last, to work from my house on 3rd Street. And I saw this guy, and he was in a really nice truck, just sitting in the truck. And nosy me, you know, he's I walk up, I, I, I think he knew me or something, because I could tell he was kind of looking at me. I almost felt like I had to say something, so I, I kind of just walked in the vicinity of the truck, and he rolled the window down. I said, hey, man, I said, you okay? You need something? He goes, no, nah, to be honest, I'm, I'm just sitting here. I said, cool, man. That's good. I'd walk off. Enjoy that spot all you want. Free rent. It's all good thought, man, that's a good place to be, just sitting sometime, just having that soul rest. I don't know that he was doing it for that reason, but a car is a decent place sometimes if you're alone. Number three, choose a passage of scripture. Let me recommend one. You can write this down if you'd like, John 15 through 21, 15, 16, one hour, 17, 18, the other, and then 19 through 21, the third. John 15 is a great reflective scripture. It starts off with, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, ye can do nothing. It's a great passage. It really is intimate. Remember that John was the beloved disciple. He was the affectionate, intimate one that laid on the breast of Jesus all the time. He was the cuddly one. He was the touchy-feely guy. And, and, and it's just a very wonderful passage to read. But choose a scripture. Next, choose some songs. And whatever your favorite is. For some, it might be Bethel music, like you can download It Is Well that, that we sang here this morning off on iTunes off of Bethel worship, or you can go to Hillsong worship. I will call upon the Lord as elevation worship, or you might like Conway Twitty. I don't know. I mean, you might like Elvis Presley gospel songs. I, those, those aren't bad. Yeah. I come to the garden, hello, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be the new stuff. I like the new stuff. I, I enjoy it. It doesn't have to be. Be whatever you like, but get some music. And some of the hour, just listen to music. Just listen. And just let the Lord minister to you through song. And then finally, pray. Pray. Spend some of the time praying. Not all of it, but some of it. Just talk to God. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe every few seconds just say a word to God. Maybe talk to him about what the song said or the scripture said, but just pray. Now, these are five ways that you can make it happen. So here's the challenge, and I'm done. Three hours, separate times, alone with the Lord by next Sunday. That's my invitation. Now, I realize that not everybody is, is going to do that. But I still think you should try and be challenged. So, I'm going to do this. Here's how I'm going to give the invitation. I'm gonna, the worship leaders are going to come forward. Let's bow our heads right now. And let's do this. This is so good. I'm telling you, church. I didn't, I didn't plan on this being a hype service. I planned on this being a service where we could really identify what's depleting us and how, can, how we can be restored. Because we need this, especially if you're in your 40s or 50s. You desperately need this. I mean, I think that crowd needs it more than anybody. I know I do. I, I'm telling you, I've lived enough of my life to know 
that there's a lot of things that have, that have beat me up and depleted me and just things that have happened, life experiences. I need to spend time with the Lord. I need God to restore my soul if I'm going to pastor another 10 years, 15 years max. I've got to have my soul restored. I can't be a papa to five grandchildren, a dad to five kids, a husband to a beautiful wife, a pastor to hundreds of people, and just keep doing the grind. I've got, I've got to find a way, more ways. Don't you? And that garden sounds such like such a good place. If I could just find that place. And again, I, I'll be honest, I have that place. I do have my time with God every morning. And, but I'm going to intentionally do this with you. So if you would say with heads bowed and eyes closed, and I want you to think about it. I'm not asking you to stand. I'm not asking you to write it down and make it public. I'm not asking you to come forward at this moment. I'm just asking if you will at least take the challenge. You'll at least take it and say, Eric, I'm going to try to do the word of God this week. Would you lift your hands where I could see it if you'll at least take the challenge and pray about trying to do what we've asked you to do. That's great. That's a lot of people. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to just have a time of invitation. And I'm on purpose, I'm, I'm going to let the song not, not build. I, I just want us to listen and enjoy this song up to a certain point. And I'll close us in prayer. If you're here today and you need to be saved, uh, you come. You come. Come and come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. I would love to be able to just share that experience with you today. If you need to be saved, this is a great, great moment to let go and let God be your Lord and Savior. Father, I love you. I love you with all my heart, mind, body, and soul, but I want to love you more. God, I want to know what it's like to walk beside still waters. And God, I, I want to be okay when you make me lie down. But I don't even want to get to that place because I want to have been with you to where, God, I don't, I don't need that crisis because I'm involved in the process. And so, Father, please identify the depletion. Give us, Lord, a greater understanding of this beautiful song, the shepherd's song. He makes me lie down. He leads me. Shall we stand?